Welcome to True Alignment. I'm Edgar Papke. And I'm Ken Sagendorf. Thanks for joining us today. We are live in the Gronowski Innovation Incubator in the Anderson College of Business and Computing at Regis University in Denver, Colorado, and in New Zealand. We have a guest uh, from New Zealand with us, and uh, Claudia Batten. It's great to have you with us, and I'll give you a full introduction in a moment. Just to remind you all, questions, thoughts, comments, anything at all, they're welcome. Uh, just reach out to us at info at truealignment.com, and uh, we'll respond, as always, in a timely manner. Um, this is the program where we talk about all things alignment. All of them. And, and personal life and business and, and all aspects of our being. And uh, always keeping in mind that the great predictor of success as well as satisfaction is alignment. Yes. So, Ken, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Good. A little bit busy trying to get our business competition off the ground for next week. Uh, the Innovation Challenge. Yeah. And how do, they, uh, how do the competitors look? They look awesome. I mean, we have, you know, four businesses in the sustainability lane. Our first patent pending business, uh, saving some electricity. We have... Um, Five high school students that built uh, wow. a fully compostable hemp tote bag. That oh. Once you're done with it, you plant it in the ground, it starts composting in two weeks. Just really cool stuff. <laughs> uh, <So. laughs> a community business trying to um, bring some light on the, the native and indigenous um, peoples uh, with a talent agency and trying to get more imagery of, of indigenous people in, in print media. And social media. So how many finalists do you have then? You going in with ten? Seven this year. Seven. Oh. Well, good luck with that. But to have a group from high school, that's pretty, that's, um, that's impressive. Yeah. Our goal with these entrepreneurs to support them for 30 months. That's what we're after. We can okay. get them thinking about these businesses and fully support them with the ecosystem of, of mentoring, um, a a active funding opportunities. 30 months. That's our goal. Oh. We're about halfway there. Thanks. Um, so, if I may, we might as well jump right in here. Um, Claudia, uh, welcome to, to the True Alignment Podcast. Uh, a little bit about Claudia, and I'm not going to be able to cover everything because it's quite a, a lengthy list of accomplishments and accolades that you that you have. You're a uh, you're an entrepreneur. It seems like a uh, and a spirit of an entrepreneur. Two very successful startups. Uh, one which uh, was uh, sold to Microsoft, and another one that. Um, Havas picked up the, or at the time, the um, majority ownership of the, of the company, if, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. um, you've, won a, you've won several awards. Uh, the, the winner of the World Class New Zealand Supreme Award, the youngest recipient at age 39. We're not going to ask you how old you are today. Um, and I think you are also Business Women of the Year in New Zealand, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken and probably a bunch of other uh, things. I know you best, and uh, I know you best. We were just having this conversation before we, we came on the air, and that is that you and I met a few years ago for a 30-minute conversation that then lasted hours and uh, forged a relationship from there. Um, I think of you as one of the most creative people uh, the people that I know, especially in the world of business and the business realm, an incredible strategic thinker. And um, at the end of the day, uh, just as a human being, just absolutely wonderful with a, with a wonderful heart. And it's such a pleasure to have you here with us. 
I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be talking with you. It's so great to meet you, Ken. Likewise. Yeah. Good. Let's do it. I, I have two two questions just okay. right from the get-go. Um, <laughs> a, 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 what are you curious about and what are you looking for? I'm curious about everything. <laughs> like it, it's almost a problem. Um, it's such a good question. I, um, I'm in my library right now, so somewhat surrounded by books. There's more there everywhere. Um, I, like I can't help myself but want to know more about every topic, be it like old, historic, you know, in the past or, you know, new future thinking. I just had an hour of call with a um, group of female founders that I mentor and we we're talking about AI and how we're all thinking about the use cases for that and the tech we're using, but then also like what are the big questions we're, we're chewing on around that. So it's just, it's just kind of how I roll very magpie. <laughs> I want to know everything. Um, and what do I, what do I care about? Was that the second? What are you looking for? What was this? What am I looking for? Right, I mean, you've had really this uh, whopper awesome kind of life journey. And, and, you know, this is not societally how we, like, we like this very directed towards one, one ultimate thing kind of people. And, and you don't have that. You're, you're here and you're there. And, and I, and I love it. I, I love it. I'm, I'm extremely envious of it. Um, so what do you, what do you, what are you in search of? It's, it's actually a brilliant question for me right now because um, I'm really sitting with that. So I've done a lot from an entrepreneurial standpoint. I'm still like addicted to that. You were talking about the companies um, that you're looking at with the awards, with your awards right now. And I'm just like, I salivate mm -hmm. <laughs> over these new ideas and these new businesses. Um, so I desperately want to be involved. And that's why I love mentoring. It's, it's so great. It gives me a vicarious opportunity to be part of those stories. Um, but I really think that there's a next level that I can shift to in terms of purpose right now. And so I've been a founder, I've been an entrepreneur, I'm currently a company director. So I sit on the boards of a few listed companies in New Zealand, which is a you know significant um, honor and responsibility. And I think there's a way that I can marry those two things. And really what I care about is human potential, which is what Edgar and I initially connected on and how I can bring new thinking, fresh thinking into big corporates and allow every human to light up within the work they do. And, you know, really that starts with them lighting up as a human and then doing great work and great things from that base. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, it's a work in progress. <laughs> So when you look at that then, and um, you look at it, so let's talk a little bit alignment as a, as a way of coming at this, that uh, when you look at human potential and you, and you see uh, how people are engaged in the workplace, what's the greatest or set of greatest challenges that you would uh, point to as saying, here's what gets in the way of that alignment of that full satisfaction of people? It's a, it's a huge question and a really important one. I think it it can differ from corporation to corporation. I see a few differences having worked in the U.S. and in in U.S. businesses and and now being in New Zealand, I see some similarities, but I also see some differences. Um, I think I think there's a lot of um, busy corporate work that gets in the way. I think meetings get in the way. I think emails get in the way. Um, I think there's a lot of procedure and process and 
mind numbing, you know, gaming that goes on that gets in the way. So there's definitely some structural things that we need to shift. But to be honest, I think we get in the way. I think humans get in the way of their own, of living up to their own potential and of doing the things that they know they should do and that are often quite simple. And one of my favorites is nobody breathes. No, nobody remembers to breathe. And and if we all just remember that when we're in meetings, writing a difficult email, doing whatever we're doing, we would literally elevate, I think, 10 to 20% of the work we're doing just by remembering to breathe because of all of the things that flow from being with your breath. Um, you know, we could go on and do a lot of things that take a little bit more time. I mean, hydration is the other one. Like <laughs> most people don't drink enough water. <laughs> it's this, we're talking about the simple things. Yeah. I have my bottle right here. <laughs> Everyone take a Everyone sip of water, sip of water. and have That's a breath. <laughs> that is the moment we're having right now. So I, I think we get in the way. A lot of things we can point to and we do point to, but ultimately this is about us taking ownership of our journey and how do I empower that in a corporate setting as a director. So that contrast, Claudia, of um, I do this thing now so I get rewarded later, like it's, it's Pavlovian in, in the corporate structure, right? I mean, you, you talk about us being in our own way. Um, this is, in, this is the, the remnants of the industrial age, right? I mean, as we are, you suffer yeah. now for some reward later. That, I mean, that is work. We're not wired that way, though. I agree. But we're actually not wired that way. We're wired to short term. So I think there's, to an, to an alignment point, I think, there's a, I think there's a misalignment there. Like breathing is actually, and hydrating are actually immediate benefits. They are things that deliver immediate benefits. We still forget to do those things. And I think in many respects, that long-term thing feels more like a trap. It feels more like something we're stuck in this thing and have to guts it out. And in many respects for me, might actually run counter. It's It's a great question. May run counter to us doing what we need to do as humans right now. What you may need to do as a human right now is quit your job. I'm not an advocate of like, of like making that big of a leap necessarily. I've done it a few times in my own life, but you know, that may or may not be right for you. But I think that long-term piece can be a trap. So you're, um, as a director, you're responsible uh, to help organizations in terms of getting their vision and getting strategies and having an understanding of their longer term objectives as organizations. And that can run counter to the idea of being that much in the moment and having immediate uh, effect or looking. And I, and I do agree with you uh, that an, an alignment's about moment by moment choices that we make and the awareness that we have in the moment. So, Coming back to what you do and also your own history over the last couple of decades and how you found this path to success. And I, I do want to get into the squiggly piece at some point because it's <laughs> such a wonderful piece that I, I think everyone should should hear about. First, I'd like to go back a little bit in time. Did you always have this perspective or 
did you once have a perspective of thinking more long term and or you know, what, what is it that I need to get through today so I can have the longer term outcome tomorrow? I love the juice in these questions. You're not, <laughs> you guys are not asking um, soundbite response questions. It's brilliant. Um, well, we like to stick to we yes and no. We just lost our way today. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. This is great. And I'll just get you to prompt me if I um, miss pieces of it because there's so much in these questions. Um, I um, We were talking earlier about, before we started, about school. And, you know, I fundamentally think, and we, we know this to be true, that we start off as these curious, creative little beings and we get that kind of taught out of us as we go through, as we pro- progress through our education. And I remember I had this moment at uh, 15. I was a total class clown. I was, you know, smart but bored most of the time. And I just remember thinking to myself, if I don't buckle down, I'm not going to get the grades I need to do what I want to do. And so I had this moment where I was like, I need to create options for myself. I need optionality. As a 15-year-old, I don't think I knew the word optionality, but we'll just pretend that I was that brilliant. <laughs> and, um, you know, did. I, I really buckled down and um, worked hard and got into law school and studied to be a lawyer and, um, you know, passed the bar and got an honors degree in law and also did a marketing management degree in the background. So, you know, totally studious, flipped from this crazy creative, you know, kid to, to being super serious about everything. And, and so, no, I, I, I had this, I had it kind of caught out of me as well. And, it wasn't until I was four years into practicing as a lawyer and I loved it academically, you know, legal work is so challenging and so rewarding and the people you work with are incredible. And I'm still really good friends with a lot of, a lot of the people I was a baby lawyer with. And I got to a point though, where I just felt this desperate need to do something else. And the something else that I wanted to do was, huge. I, I wanted to move to the US, which is not an easy thing to do from New Zealand. Um, and I wanted to be part of the the e-commerce marketing internet, whatever it was that was going on over there that just looked so interesting. And so I did leap. I did a huge leap and I left being a lawyer and I left New Zealand and I moved to New York. I'd never been there before. And I've never felt more stupid, alone, unwanted, <laughs> anything in my life. And I figured it out. I figured it out and I found my way into a company that we, you know, there, there's a long, 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 long story behind it, that first company that sold to Microsoft. But I figured it out and I got to a place where, you know, we created this company and we sold this company and, 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 and. And in that process, I learned that to do the exceptional things, to do the things that to me make, you know, make my heart sing, make me feel like a full human, I have to put myself on the edge. I have to be in discomfort. And um, that is squiggling. That's where that came from. Mm-hmm. There's a, you, you write a, a weekly, I read it every week. It's great. Um, and, um, and you can give us uh, the information on how people can get, can get it uh, into their inbox. It's uh it's really a fun piece that you write, and it's also insightful. Um, at the bottom, at the bottom of each, you have "Be Brave," 
as your as your sign off as kind of your your key yeah. message. Um, so it's uh, a bit of a an insight from what you just shared with us. This idea of being brave is more or less at the end of the day is is really pursuing in life what you want the true self and what's an expression of the true self. And so the be brave doesn't always, um, a lot of times I think people look at be brave as being taking on uh, a challenge or taking on uh, an aspect of life that's really perhaps uncomfortable or has a negative connotation to it. In this case, I'm hearing be brave as uh, having a real positive element to self to self and, and to pursuit of of of, uh, of alignment for lack of a better way of saying it um how does that then uh inform your ideas about squiggly if, if, first of all if you describe yeah. squiggly squiggly life force and then get into that that would be great Sure. So, so squiggly life is squigglylife.com. If you go there and click newsletter, you can sign up for it. Um, I would love to have you subscribe. So, um, please do. They're, they're short. My, my whole goal is short, witty, and to the point. <laughs> um, and so, um, usually there's just a random nugget in there, uh, for you to, you know, that, that, that is designed to get you thinking a little differently as you hit your week. That's the whole point of it. Um, and that, th- th- there's a lot in that about being brave. So for me, squiggling is um, about embracing a non-linear approach, um, which means not thinking that anything great will happen by following progressive measured steps forward. The The reality of how great things happen is that you move forwards, yay. <laughs> you move backwards, not so yay and spend a lot of time going sideways, which just feels quite lost inducing. Um, But that is the process. And really what I came to realize is that actually none of that feels all that comfortable. And actually the linear doesn't feel all that comfortable because it doesn't work that way. Life doesn't work that way. We have the unexpected, we have illness, we have losses, we have pandemics, we have economic crises, we have banking crises, we have you know, you name it, we've had it over the last three years and there will be more to come. And the essence of this is about orienting ourselves to change and being okay with being in a change moment because that is the life that we're in now. And can you mention the industrial area era? We're, we're well out of that now. Mm-hmm. And we're in a moment where, you know, if you haven't noticed the rapid pace of technological advancement, <laughs> open your eyes, <laughs> um, read something. But, you know, we all know this to be true. And, and in the space of that, we're seeing this rapid human acceleration as well that's been, you know, put upon us in many respects in, in economic um, changes. So, so really what squiggling is aligned to is it's aligned to the change that I think is very much part of all of our, all of our lives. And, and within that, it's very uncomfortable. And so what we're being brave about is we're being brave about being with that discomfort. Um, another, another place at breathing is very, very helpful. <laughs> if you feel discomfort and you take a really nice breath, you will feel a lot better on the back end of that. Water also will do the same thing. Um, these are my public service announcements for this podcast, Water and Breathing. We love it. Keep <laughs> this podcast brought, brought to you by Water and Breathing. Um, so, so this concept, this concept of being brave, is because I think the 
I know, not just I think, I know that the process of change, um, it, it breaks. It breaks the bonds of what was as we're in that movement, that moment, and it's nauseating. Um, and and I realized as I wrote, did this Ignite speech in Boulder, it's, it's like an auto-forwarded slides and you get five minutes to get your story across. And as I wrote that, it squiggly just kind of downloaded on me and and I wrote about squiggling and I realized in that moment that that nausea that I'd felt for most of my life as an entrepreneur in the U.S. was actually a barometer of me squiggling Mm -hmm. so I've come to terms with the fact that's a good feeling Mm -hmm. um some of us call that anxiety some of us call it whatever but um I love that feeling now because it means I'm on my edge it means that I'm squiggling and um you know, there's no need for us to see that as a scary thing. It's actually an amazing opportunity for us to change and, and build towards better things. Yeah, two thoughts come to mind as I'm listening to you. The, the one is um, that in that moment, there's aliveness. One feels alive if one is connected nice. to it and really is able to to uh, to to see through that lens. And, um, and out of that aliveness then comes an awareness of choice. And in the moment, mm. whatever I'm experiencing, mm. I'm feeling, I, I can have that choice about how, we, how I respond to it. I also th- th- uh, had the thought as you were talking about, you know, it's not linear. I, I think when, as we try and uh, create a more linear approach to life, to get from point A to point B and get that success of point B, that in of itself, that, that linear approach probably gives us a lot more anxiety than the unexpected that comes at us because we have such a sense that we're trying to control it and want to control it so much. And when things throw us a little bit sideways, there's a level of recognition at a very, at a very natural place that we can all go to. That's just, well, yeah, expect the unexpected. This, this will happen. Um, it will come at me and I am going to get knocked sideways the thing is, I think that all at that point also, uh, we don't hold ourselves to it as tightly because I think there's a self blame, there's a there's kind of a, a place that we go, a self critical place that we can go to if we're not staying right with the plan, if we're not getting it right the way we want. So getting yeah. getting whacked from side to side is is. Well, see, I, I, I agree with you. It's a I, good thing. I think we're we're taught taught to find the calm, and so I you know I have uh, a giant ocean image and the waves uh, flying in here, as you described, uh, squiggly, Claudia. I, I also am going to bring the move, the weekly movie reference in a little bit early here. Um, and you can reach through the computer and, and smack me because I, I can't come up with, with a female heroine here um, because The Secret Life of Walter Mitty is the is the movie that's just screaming at the back of my brain, right? Because you have the, the technology taking over as Life Magazine moves from from print to, to digital, um, but you also have, uh, you know, a gentleman in search of, really in search of himself to try and figure out who he is and what he's about. And that, that I heard that mm-hmm. so clearly in your story is, is you're in there. I, I remember I had, um, I had moved jobs once and, and I used to write a weekly as well. And when I moved that job, my kind of sign off from that last one, I described as, um, and it's funny in the state of Colorado where it's so appropriate. Um, I love the mountain bike. Uh, and as I get older, I have way more fear of mountain biking. But one of the things that I like about mountain biking is being so close to the tension 
Like I, you know, it's almost mm-hmm. like a bring it on because it heightens awareness that I have to pay attention in a way I have to pay attention so acutely and, and it moves other things out of the way. Um, and, and, you know, starting something new is full of this tension. And I think societally we're kind of taught that calm is, is normalized, right? I mean, th- that image of the ocean and the waves moving you around, if you give into it, that's one thing. But, you know, we, we picture you on a calm lake rather than a rough ocean is kind of what we sell you socially. Yeah. So I, I have to say that, it, so there's a little bit of make the connection for me between squiggly and alignment. Are you looking at me? I think Edgar said it. <laughs> Didn't Edgar say it? I think Edgar said it. It's, um, it's about, it's about, um, I actually forget, I forget what you were saying, but you, you, you hit it on the head before Edgar that it's, um, about alignment to yourself. Like when you're, when you're squiggling and I think the calm is, um, it's not external, it's internal. So, so that, that's probably the, the, the piece that we're, we're missing as a society is this. And it's obvious when you think about it, it's all external. We're external you know, beings and we think what we're seeing is correct, which again, if we get into brain science and et cetera, we know that's also not true. Um, Which is really the beauty of the moment we're in right now. And I think we are in this massive storm of change, but we're in that storm of change with so much knowledge about how we work, how, you know, how many, you know, how truly we optimize ourselves and I think we optimize ourselves through alignment through alignment to our, our humanness um, versus anything external I also have to note that um, pay attention to the tension I'm so using that <laughs> <laughs> that was great <laughs> there's um yeah that uh, it's even come into uh, play when we talk about conflict because Conflict seems to have such a negative connotation. So what is the tension? And what does that natural tension look like? Becomes another way of coming at that. So now I'd like to go back a little bit, if it's all right with you, Claudia. And um, you uh, mentioned before that uh, one of your interests is to have a better, um, to, to figure out what some better uh, approaches are to how it is that we uh, engage people in our organizations. And um, and then to uh, provide them with a with a space and a workplace place that's that I I think is emotionally healthier. So, what are some of the ideas that you uh, are are working on or are part of um, that that um, there's a pause for me. I can't figure out what I was going to say. I've never seen that happen. That's pretty unusual. <laughs> yeah. Um, brain science can explain that. Um, so let me come back to, to the, the question. Is um, So what are some of the ideas uh, that you're coming across? What are some of the things that you're, that you're talking about uh, that provide uh, and um, contribute to a healthier work environment? In addition to breath. Yeah, I mean, I said th- 
In addition to? Breath and water. <laughs> well, honestly, I actually think if I crack that code, I've cracked the code. <laughs> um, it, it's a really, there's a lot of complexity um, to that, to the answer to that question, because I think that there's a lot of things that I thought would work that have not worked. And, and really what, and I, I'll, I'll talk through a couple of those, but what it brings me to is this, is this place of recognition that we need to actually almost shift the way we play the game to the extent we can call this a game. So again, can reference the industrial era, which I go back to quite a bit because I do think that what we have now is just a reflection of a lot of things that we did in a hurry as we, um, you know, as we developed a new way of working out of the agricultural era. And whatever we want to call what we're going into now, it's a new world and it requires that we think differently about how we did it. And my, my best snapshot for this is email because we went about email in a hurry and I think we've created a rod for our own backs. You know, I just, I don't know. I've never met anyone who can keep up with their inbox. Um, I work pretty hard to get to inbox zero and I, it's, it's almost officially out of control now. I, I literally cannot do that anymore. Um, and definitely thanks to being a director of three companies because I have <laughs> three additional inboxes on top of my own. See, I'm so excited. <laughs> I just lost my headphone. Yeah, my headphones, by the box. way, are a great KPI of whether I'm having a good time because when I smile, they get loose in my ears. <laughs> so if they fly out, it just means that I'm having a lot of fun. Um, so email is a great example of that. Like, I just fundamentally don't think that email works and everyone's like, Oh, well, you slack that. That's a much better approach. And I'm like, well, way to create more noise. Like we're, we're just, we need to peel this back and actually rewire how we work is, is where I get to or where I've, where I've come to the flexible working, um, conversation slash argument that's been happening since the pandemic um, or since post the pandemic, actually, because we had no choice during the pandemic, but to make that work. Um, but these wonderful, uh, you know, arguments that we're having that should be conversations is the first thing I would say. Um, these wonderful arguments that we're having about what's right or what's wrong. I don't think we're peeling back far enough and actually looking at how do we optimize humans to do great work. And, you know, I got emails last night from a couple of the folks in, in one of the companies that I'm working on at like 10 and 11 o'clock at night. And I'm just like, that's, that just made me sad. I, I, I love working hard. I don't have an issue with that, but I'm just like, what's going on that you have to get to this at this time of night? Like that's, a, that's just a problem. It's so guilt. it's guilty though. I don't have a lot of answers. Hey, it's, it's guilty. You know, I think that people feel. Like if I don't just do that one more thing, like it, it is a, it's a, it's a guilty loss laden thing that I call it the hamster, I call it the hamster wheel. <laughs> We're just it, on it. So uh, we yeah. just keep going. I mean, we can thank the boomer. We can thank the boomers for the idea of if you work longer, you will be more successful. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and I think that is the, the linger of, of guilt. I, I, I hear so much Claudia, um, you're familiar with Guy Kawasaki? Mm. Yeah, I mean, aren't we yeah. all? So he talked about that, um, you know, jump the curve. Because email to Slack yeah. is not a curve jump, right? It's just, it's just a... Not a curve jump. It's just a, an no. easier way of doing email. 
<laughs> I just think we rubbed salt in a wound, to be completely frank. Um, James Clear is is um, really good on habit formation. He's he's someone I really love at the moment. But Cal Newport is probably one of the best thinkers in this area. And um, I really liked his book, A World Without Email. Um, uh, it was thoughtful, and, as he is. Um, and I appreciated he shifted a little out of his deep. I, I've read deep work as well and loved that. But A World Without Email was a nice shift towards trying to figure out how we could actually work in these big corporate environments, recognizing that not everyone can tell their way through <laughs> through the world as much as some of us might like to do that. Yeah. Guilt. Maybe it's guilt. I think maybe it's also connected to what you spoke about earlier, Ken, in terms of we've got these long time long term financial incentives. Um we'll put that in inverted commas. But um we've got these long term incentive structures set up that I think make people just feel like busy work is the way to get there. I just want to break that all apart. Like again, from a, you know, the, the role of a corporate director is to protect shareholder wealth. And the best way I can think to do that is turn the dial up on what we get from our human assets. And so, you know, I think there's a real opportunity and value in going deep into that and trying to rewire this. I just, um, it'll be controversial. To- no, <laughs> Look at what to- flexible so, working was. <laughs> so totally. I just got a little chill down my spine. This, uh, you know, as you, as you talk about that role as a corporate director, um, right. That's a, that's a long view though. That I, that idea that if our human assets are taken care of, they'll take care of us, right? As opposed to, um, you know, squeezing, squeezing the efficiency now in the short term, um, you know, and that is, that's, a, that's just a necessary philosophical mind shift for all corporations to figure out. Um, it's Taylorism. It's it's born of Taylor. It it like he he taught us this. You know that's that's for fa- it's works in a factory. Well, maybe it doesn't anymore in a in a robot world. But um, I think we have to unpick this. I think we I think we redefine the factory. Uh, uh, the factory can be your study at home if you're working remotely. It's just it's just different oh, contexts that we. Can if you're working remotely that way, way, it is a factory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, it, so yeah. I, I remember, I, I think I've said this on the podcast that I was given a talk to 30 CEOs back east, and um, they wanted to wrestle with this remote remote working question, and then, and I just sat. Remember this one? I sat with this uh, CEO from an insurance company, and he said these words to me. He said, "We tripled our bottom line revenue last year, but they need to come back to the office." And I was like, I don't understand. I like, I am not understanding. And, and literally somebody said to me, what if they're doing their laundry? And I was like, what if they're oh, doing their laundry? God. Oh my goodness. Surely not. It's just outrageous. No. And they're probably also using the bathroom in, in having lunch. Good gracious. How is this going to work? I, you know, and I think the piece where we get, I mean, it's a, Humans are a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful species for starters. It's just like, you know, shout out to humans. Um, we're, we're so fabulous. Um, we're so good at like just creating nonsense stories in our brain and getting remote data points to support them. <laughs> it's just even on, even on the face of that not even being true. It's just so brilliant. Um, I actually had this great quote 
on a podcast recently that humans are the only species that are capable of holding two opposing thoughts in their mind and then elevating them to a bigger thought and creating that to be true. And I was like, oh my God, that's like, that's like the solution is just figuring out how to go. These two things don't make sense together. How do I elevate that and make that true? Um, Cause we're really good at making whatever we think true. What was anyway, the book? slightly off topic, but no, I just, no. what was, there was a book that came out yeah. uh, 10 years ago about this idea that uh, um, the brain is lazy. You remember this one? Oh, oh, the brain is so lazy. Yeah. Well, it's called, it's called thinking fast and slow. We haven't read that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Bible. Um, uh, the podcast I was listening to is, um, uh, I'll find it really quickly, but the, the name of the, um, the name of the lady is Dr. Tara and she's a neurobiologist, I believe. And she's trying to mesh, um, you know, our, our biological neurological wiring with spirituality and, and show how the two of those things kind of fit together. And she did this beautiful podcast at the beginning of the year called reinvent yourself, I believe. Um, and it's spectacular. Highly, highly recommend that. And I, it's two parts. I forget which part she said that in, but it was a game changer for me. Um, but we got so off topic. That was really fun. Um, and um, welcome to the true alignment podcast. Know what we're talking about. Yeah, but you know, bring well, us back. <laughs> so we, we've actually only got a few minutes left, and so um, uh, what I'd like to do is go back to something. And uh, so here we are. Um, you know, the industrial era, high tech, uh, call it the information age, and call it a lot of different things. And here we are now delving further, further into the understanding and having uh, what we call the age of awareness. So this moment in, in time mm -hmm. where we, with all the change going on around us, without an increased awareness, how will we ever be able to really uh, truly be, uh, live to our capacity and capability and without having a greater sense of awareness? So I'm going to come back and, and, and pose uh, one last question to you, Claudia, uh, along with your public service announcement of um, air and uh, and breathing in water, air and water. Uh, what, I, what I'd like to come back to uh, and ask you is if there's one change that you would like to see uh, that would impact our global business society and how we do things uh, in our human experience of business, what would it be? Um. Well, I'm going to cheat and do two, but that's kind of my MO whenever I'm asked for a single anything. Um, remember, I am a magpie. Um, the, the changes I would suggest are um, to reduce meetings. So 30-minute meetings become 20 minutes, one-hour meetings become 30 to 40 minutes um, would be would be one. And, and also on the meeting line, um, have a KPI of killing three meetings a week as a team would be another thing I would throw in because I do think that meetings are very unhelpful in the main. On the flip side of that, I think making more space for thinking and, and work product. So two of my favorites on that one are team offsites, plug them in, get out of the office once a month as a team, have a day, 
check in, get aligned, reassess values, what's working, what's not working. And equally for yourself, I'm a big fan of um, penciling two two-hour slots in a week where you just go to a cafe or get go somewhere else and just um, work on some high-value projects that are important to you. They're, these are little things. They're all little things that are very, very doable. Um, no one's going to die. No one's going to lose an arm. Um, so we should be able to implement these things. And we start there. We start in these little things like breath and hydration and taking care of ourselves and doing a couple of these other things. And then we get that set in place and then we move on to the next level. That That's how we're honestly going to get there. Changes small and iterative bites that's not necessarily massive leaps unless you're a bit like me but even that you know like I did one big leap to New York and then it was a whole lot of baby little calibrations to make that work uh Claudia just I'll just repeat so we catch the audio because you you were a little bit uh in and out that uh make a KPI to reduce three meetings a week was the front end that worked yeah yeah Great. I, you Perfect. Know, Thank I, you. I think that's, you uh, helping, you know, there, there's so much in my there. Wi-Fi. <laughs> there's so much in there, Claudia, about, um, I mean, you, you said it at the beginning is to bring humanity back to the workplace, which is, you know, just the irony of having all those humans there and we can't get humanity there. Um, and, and, and those, yeah. those comments about, um, you know, allowing that back, um, just, just resonate. Thank you for sharing those ideas. Thanks, Claudia. I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate that so much. And I just want to note that, you know, we think the work is the work, but we are the work. Um, well and said. if we think that way, we'll start to get there. Thank you. Um, Claudia, thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, it's been wonderful. Great conversation. Hey, everybody, you can find uh, all the things that Claudia mentioned in the show notes. Including a link to, um, to Squiggly. Including a link to the squigglylife.com. Which I will um, advocate very strongly that you, uh, that you check out. It really is a worthwhile read every Monday morning. At least in this country. <laughs> uh, once again, just to remind our audience, questions, thoughts, comments, anything at all, um, please don't hesitate. Uh, email us info at truealignment.com and we'll look forward to seeing you the next time around. Thanks again. One more time, Claudia, very much. Thank you, Claudia. And um, I'm Edgar Papke. I'm Ken Sagendorf. Thanks for joining us on the True Alignment Podcast. Live aligned and we'll see you next time around. Thank you.